Hello everyone, we have some more information on Ball. By now you guys know we partner with Ball, the aerospace technology company, and they are looking to hire, so we've got some more information on that. Their golden plant is looking for production technicians. You can read the full description um, and apply at jobs.ball.com. Search for that word golden. And what this position is, is it's on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plants. The company offers a competitive 2739 per hour with potential for increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. It offers exposure to a lot of manufacturing opportunities in the plant, and the production technician's role touches on the other stages of production, making aluminum cans and ends. This role is responsible for, for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment and is an integral part of the production team, both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume. Plus, they they're a great company to work for. We actually know multiple people have people from the DMVR family, friends who work at Ball and they truly enjoy their time there. Plus, they have insurance, 401k for retirement, um, and a lot of other major benefits uh, for working for a huge company like Ball. So if you're interested, text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for the word GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com com and search for the word golden. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Scott. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dunk two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the absolute best brewery in all of Colorado and honestly the world. If you have any holiday parties coming up, highly recommend grabbing a pack of their sampler or some seltzers, strawberry sky, vanilla porter. They really have all different styles of beers and seltzers. So Everyone uh, can enjoy some Breckenridge Brewery, and you'll be the hit of the party, so definitely bring those. Uh, I'm your host, Allie Monroy, and today we are going to do our final episode on the Colorado Rapids for this 2020-2021 season. They unfortunately fell to the Timbers on Thanksgiving Day, ending their playoff run. It was a frustrating game. 
an exciting game all the way to the last minute. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about with this team of who they are moving forward, what their identity is going to continue to be like in the MLS, and what this last year meant and what that game meant. And so I'm going to let Andre Simone take it away here uh, before we go back to talking about the Avs, Nuggets, uh, Rockies, Broncos. We're going to do one last episode for it this season wrap up, and then hopefully we can bring you guys some more coverage. So if you're interested in this Rapids coverage, definitely let us know on social media um, because this is a really exciting team. So, Andre, I'm going to let you take it away. And welcome in to Catch the Wave DMVR show on the Colorado Rapids as we follow the team through their run in the MLS Cup. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, not so much, but that's okay. We're still here. We were, we were never going to make this a one and done type of deal. I am still joined by two very special guests, two people. I'm pretty hyped to get into all this rapid season, MLS playoffs, and much more. Once again, joined by Matt Pollard, host of holding the Highline podcast, Rapids beat reporter. Find him at LWOS Matt Pollard on Twitter. Matt does a ton of stuff, so you better... Stay on top of it all. And also a new guest today with us, Jared Geisler, host of the phenomenal Centennial 38 podcast with Wanners, our guest last week. Um, and check out C38 and all the great stuff the Rapid Supporter Group does on Twitter at C38SG. Fellas, how are you today? I've recovered from Thanksgiving from a yeah. weight standpoint and everything. Uh-huh. Obviously, getting into it's still. I don't know about you guys, but like I'm still bothered. Like we haven't gotten a significant amount of snow. Yeah. In yep. you know, and we're yep. we're into December now. So um, uh, doing okay. Obviously, Dre, happy to be back on here. Thanks to you know DNVR Sports for making it happen. Disappointed, obviously, given the circumstances massive massive shame um but yeah glad we could do this all together jared welcome how are you i'm doing great you know uh, it took a week to, to kind of get over it and uh, i think i'm there because uh, you talked about an mls cup run uh i, I think i made more runs to, in the turkey line um <laughs> than than the rapids did it at goal on Thursday. So it was uh, very disappointing. You know, we, we all wanted to be on this show getting uh, very hyped for the Western Conference final, but not to be. Unfortunately, not. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. What went down in that game? And I want to start with what would you guys say was really the turning point in what ended up being a very disappointing one nil loss to the Timbers, the came kind of going mad in the final, on the 90th minute on with the Timbers going up, red, cor- red car, just complete insanity. But uh, where did this game really turn when I would say the Rapids completely dominated the first 35? I think I, I don't remember the Timbers really entering the PIDs penalty box till about the 35th minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we felt pretty safe in the first half. Um, unfortunately, this has been something that I've, a number of times the Rapids have done this year. Is we've controlled the game, we've had uh, the lion's share of possession, but we we unfortunately can't find a turning point. Uh, we don't necessarily know where the focal point of the attack is, and haven't mm. really all season long. So this was uh, this game was a microcosm of something that's that's happened a number of times in some games where we should have won and drew, or we were unable to find a, a winner and, and, and eventually drop points. But um, for me, the turning point really was 
was the goal in the 90th minute because we just didn't find a way to create a turning point in our favor at any point prior. Um, a couple of opportunities, but really uh, all too many, all, all too few threats on goal. I don't know there was a, a specific moment for me, Dre. I would say the as soon as that really good, you know, the Rapids come out, they have a really good start and everything. Yeah. I asked Robin Frazier about it in the post-game media availability about a question of was this going to be a case of rest versus rust? Mm-hmm. I thought the team came out. They were very intense. The week that they had to prep no was doubt. very good. And, you know, I thought that any concern about nerves or not being confident, the crowd saw through to that. Yeah. But as soon as that pressure of the the opening five minutes, the header from Austin Trustee, the one, oh. the chance for Cole Bassett, as soon as oh. that pressure didn't lead to either a change that Portland had to do in their approach or didn't lead to a goal you've seen in these situations, whether it's games in Europe, uh, Jared, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum with uh um, uh, with CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, where the U.S. is at home, they're absolutely blitzing an opponent, and it's just a matter of getting that one extra chance and then really punishing them, and that completely changes the game state. As soon as Portland was able to survive that, yeah. they got their head a little bit above water and everything. I think the Rapids' intensity dropped after that 35th minute. It continued to kind of drop through the second half. So I guess if I had to pick a moment, I would say it was the best opportunity the Rapids had. 38th minute, the header mm-hmm. from Baji um, off the play from a Costa as soon as that didn't go in I think at that point that was the Rapids best chance and I think as soon as Portland was able to survive that they were able to get their foot in the door and then gradually you Mm -hmm. know nussle out the Rapids to the to the the line for the second helpings for Turkey what you're saying to me is akin to uh we sometimes in uh in um fight sports we'll talk about you never know how good a guy is until he takes a punch Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the Rapids dominating dominating and it wasn't even taking a punch. It was seeing their opponent withstand some of their best punches. Yeah. And you start to lose confidence. And they start to build off that, right, in Ab- the game. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, the Portland Timbers, they are a team built for knockout rounds and everything. If there was a, oh, if there was an MLS yes. team that I think would be perfectly fit for Jose Mourinho, dare I say it would be <laughs> the Portland Timbers in terms of single game handling that. And whether it's Lars yeah. Mabiala, whether it's Diego Chara in terms of what he did as a holding midfielder, right. what I thought should have been a penalty in the 22nd minute, notwithstanding and everything. This is yeah. the, if you want to talk about a team that made the playoffs that was going to be on the road in the second round that had the the opposite i don't know i'm not much of a fight sport guy so what's the opposite of a glass jaw that would be the right, timbers right and yeah. in that while i agree with and we'll get into this in a bit where i thought the lineup and the decisions that robin frazier made to start the game were right and everything the way that everything's played out the one opponent you wouldn't have wanted to play in that second half scenario would have been the portland timbers and mm-hmm. um you know it just it you know uh, portland's portland survived they were going to lose on the cards no matter what and they knocked the rapids out in the final second and we've bemoaned that really a number of times, different opponents, but the same story all season long when, when teams do sit deep in a deep block of eight players in the box, the Rapids have had a, a struggle in unlocking the door. Yeah. Unfortunately, it felt to me like we went to the cross all too often. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a, a very uh, tall attack, especially in the second half as we uh, made changes and, and went to a little bit smaller um, front line. We just kept searching over the top, searching over the top, allowing Portland to be comfortable and ultimately. I think that's what did us in. Right. And to a certain point, that massive advantage for the Rapids down the wings, after a while, the Timbers were just like, okay, go ahead. We'll, we'll take another cross into no one once you took Baji and Bassett and all the height that kind of that front had. It was really just 
crosses to nowhere. Yeah, I think um, if you look at the, if we just look at the subs, I think other than Eunice Anomaly, I might be taller than every single one of the subs. And I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. five foot six mm-hmm. viewers in case, in case you were wondering and everything. I am not very good in nope. case you were wondering, Andre, when it comes to, I'm not your target number nine. I'm not good on, normally I'm the guy who gets asked yeah. to step back at midfield <laughs> right, yeah. on corners because of how useless I am in the right. air. But, but so, Barrios would ask to stand in front of you at a concert. Yes, Barrio was yeah. So that's the go. level of, of height we had in the box. And that's when the crosses even found their way into a scorable opportunity. You know, a yeah. number of them were errant to the point where um, you, you almost questioned if we realized the, the magnitude of the game. It felt um, that, you know, it, it, in a game where you absolutely have to win, you, you spend um, that last second of thought on exactly where you want to place the ball. In a game where you feel like you're supposed to win, you just keep putting them in there and one will eventually go home. Well, yeah. we, we just, it just never really. Really, um, found a, a well-placed ball into the middle, and yeah. I, I don't know how many times so we went to the well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would um, that that was such a key to the game for me was you're going to have to capitalize on some early chances, and they just weren't able to. I'll go with the unconventional turning point. You never would have thought it in the moment, but I thought in a lot of ways, Sebastian Blanco's injury gave them more structure. Gave them a little more confidence. All of a sudden, they pl- they played a little more freely without the ball. Portland did, and it kind of it plays into what you said. Like it probably would have happened naturally, even without Blanco getting hurt. That they're just building confidence. Okay, we withstood your best punch. Okay, we withstood your best counter punch. We're starting to feel pretty good about yourself ourselves. We can hang, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think. Blanco kind of loosened up their plan. You know, all of a sudden we're not trying to play through a number 10. We're just trying to press. The counter started opening up a little more. And I think uh, I think they found a little more of an identity and structure. It's just like we're an underdog. We're going to have to work high rate here and uh, kind of match the Rapids' intensity. And I thought that happened a little more after the injury. I think it put a lot more impetus on them to share the ball and everything. Absolutely. So Yumi Chara and then yeah. Dairon Espria. So rather than where I think the Rapids pretty clearly, if we look at what a Jack Price, what a Kellen Acosta was doing defensively, certainly the center backs, it's, oh, there's a turnover and everything. Where's Blanco? Somebody yes, go get Blanco. Yes, Somebody else put yes. pressure on the ball and everything. But when that doesn't happen, it's, okay, well, who's, got, who's the most obvious outlet right, there? And right. that made it easier... I wouldn't say that it, I guess where, where I would disagree, Dre, or where I would say yeah. that there it's there's nuance there is, I don't think it made it easier for them to attack, but it made it easier for them to just hold the ball and get forward and relieve more of that pressure. Exactly. And that just, whether that, you know, reduced the number of runs or mental intensity that Laris Mabiala had to think about or anything, or it's, okay, let's reset, jog forward, catch my breath, where's Barrios, where's Acosta, let's deal with right. that. I right. think that allowed them, and it just the, again, I don't know that it, it didn't pull the timbers out of the pool, it didn't give them a life raft no, but it no. it just it allowed them to get their head above water get another sip and everything and exactly. they just kept they they kept treading water until finally they um I'm not going to say drown the rapids. I don't know. I am. I, I'm drowning myself, Jared, in my river metaphor here. You yeah. caught the wave. Yes. And you, yeah. and you were crushed underneath it. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, yeah. yeah, not much else to, to chip in on that. It was it was really just kind of um, the same the same thing happened a number of times um, after the 50th minute when when Blanco did go out. I, I agree. I think it, it did. It gave them license to sit deep a bit more um, that, you know, they, they didn't, um, you know, have much. Um, in, in the way of creativity, nor did they need it. And right. uh, and again, that, that kind of played to their benefit, being able to sit in the shell against the Rapids who couldn't pick the lock. 
Before we keep going with this rapid stock, I got to tell you guys a little more about DraftKings Sportsbook and their promo that they're running this week. They're an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and we all here at DMVR truly love DraftKings Sportsbook, and it is the sports betting app that we prefer to use. And if you're a new customer, if you bet $1 on any NFL team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. It's literally that simple. Plus, they just introduced same-game parlays to the app, which is a lot of fun and you can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout with that same game parlay plus they have a bunch of other odds boosts profit boosts not just for new customers for those existing customers uh, and it's a lot of fun DraftKings is obviously safe secure and reliable which is one of the reasons why we prefer to use DraftKings over any other sports betting site uh, best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want and with the holiday season you might need some extra cash DraftKings has you covered. Um, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and if you use that promo code DNVR and bet $1 on any team to score, you will win $100 in free bets if they score. You score with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, like I said, the holiday season is right around the corner, and Mint Mobile has the best deal in wireless for you. Right now, you can switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan. You'll get another three months for free as the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton. You do not want to go to the mall or go to these big shopping centers right now, guys, unless you have to because the parking lots are insane. There is so many people there, and it's just so much easier to do some things online, and Mint Mobile gives you the freedom to be able to do that. They have a bunch of other phone plans you can look at uh, starting just at $15 a month. I've been using Mint Mobile. A lot of people at DMVR use Mint Mobile, and they truly enjoy uh, their service and their product because you don't have to change your phone number. You don't have to get a new phone. It's so, so simple. Highly recommend checking it out. This is the best offer of the year uh, for a limited time. Like I said, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three months for free by going to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR. And what do you guys think really happened in the second half then? I mean, and you guys have probably covered it already, but from that dominant 30 minutes to then a much more even game. And I, I thought th the chances kind of dissipated. I mean, you have a, a great save on the line from the Rapids. I mean, really, the Timbers started to create a bit more. Yeah, you know, I think some of that was certainly Portland's response. I have to imagine that Giovanni Savarese was not too happy with the halftime performance, so yeah, maybe he sure. lights up his team and everything. Yeah. You know, I assume the leaders in Portland's locker room were also dealing with that as well, but I think it's, you know, uh, unless you're Manchester City, you know, playing in an FA Cup game against a League One team, you can't expect that level, of, as yeah. good as the Rapids looked yeah. and everything, yeah. what they did in that opening 20 minutes, that wasn't going to happen for 90 minutes or 120 minutes. That's so right. th they let off and look, were they, to start the half and everything, were they 90% of where they were in the first half? Absolutely, but right, that 10% right. was just enough space for Portland to manage it and everything, which is why for me, just the, when you have a team under the cosh, when you're dealing with that, you really need to bury one of those chances, and yeah. that's where the, you know, in 
three months, you know, in two months' time, Jared, when I'm having a nightmare about this game before the home opener next year, the game that is going to have me waking up in hot sweats and screaming is probably <laughs> going to be that bodgy header, just personally. Yeah, and you know they had a number of opportunities as well. Um, I can think of at least in the 83rd minute or so, uh, Chara was wide open on the back post. So yeah. um, you know it, it wasn't necessarily that it was completely against the run of play. Uh, the yeah, second half, sure. well, I think what was most frustrating uh, from my perspective was the lack of change in the Rapids. You know, we we played well in the first half in so much as we had the stats in our favor, but we didn't have that all important first goal. Yeah. So without an opener, you you had to come out with a little bit of a different plan a, a change of tact maybe um, a, a different idea we went back with what we started with and it continued not to work and unfortunately I felt even when the subs came on um, it, it never really changed the dynamic oh. and we we didn't come out with with an established kind of plan of attack to put the ball in the back of the net and I want to expand on a few of these just before we move on from the turning point why not the miss penalty as a turning point? Uh, I mean, I I think it's an easy. It's an. Yeah, I get what you're doing here, Dre. But like, it's 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 a bit of a cop out in terms of the. I think Jared, you might have said this on the C38 podcast and everything. Of you know, it's a playoff game. You're not going to leave it up to the refs or anything. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there there are a number of reasons why the Colorado Rapids did not win that game. For me, um, was it? I think it was Ted Uncle. Who was the head official? Yes. I, um, you know, who's a ref that I normally like. Uh, MLS Twitter notoriously hates all of the refs and think they're all biased <laughs> against them. So um, unique to MLS fans, believe yes, it or yeah, not. Yeah, no other league no, I mean, like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, yeah, if, don't if, look at Italy. Yeah, yeah. If, M- if MLS could just tell me what games every single year Kevin Stott is refing the Rapids game, I can just know to not show up to those yeah, matches at all. But so, be great. yeah, so, you know, I think there are a number of reasons why the Rapids did not win that game. For me, I think that being a missed call or being a 50-50 call that came up timbers was one of them you know k has the ball you know it's further away from him towards his left leg chara goes in there's clearly contact i asked uh, jack price about it in the post game media availability he said looked pretty clear to him the ref had a clear view of it max says that there was contact um you know i i believe him on that but yeah that's another thing but you know th- there's a number of things that the rapids should look into yeah. in terms of evaluating this performance and i think it's an easy cop out or blame game to simply just say oh you didn't get a penalty and everything um maybe a little bit of a shout for a handball for the timbers though i'm not sure that there was one some ticky tack fouls and everything but um you know i just i i still think the the rapids did enough through 35 minutes to be up one nil independent of not getting a pen Completely agree, and uh, from a from a non biased perspective, which I certainly am biased towards towards the Rapids, yeah, of course. But uh, looking at it a, a week later, I would have been, if I'm a Timbers fan, very hard done by by the right. game yes. hinging on that. And ultimately, as a fan of the game, you you hate to see a game decided by a referee decision, which it almost certainly would have at that point. So, um, right. you know, I, I feel like uh, it was the right the right call, all in all. I, I don't love penalties where the player with the ball being fouled has his back to the goal, um, mm-hmm. which is essentially. And so even though there's contact, I yeah. I get it. We're going to get into more of this game with a fun segment we're calling flop or card. Yeah, here, look, look at this. That's the buffest I've ever looked. It's a card or flop. There you go. Look like um, Ed Hockley. I, I really do. I really do. It's outstanding. Yeah, stuff. and there's the there's the red card for Dyron Esprit as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's I've got big, you know, big like Swedish, Swedish wrath at the World <laughs> Cup vibes there. I love it. Um 
So yeah, I'm going to come with some hard statements and you guys can tell me if I'm worthy of a card or if I'm merely just flopping and wasn't touched at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to start with uh, start with Frazier, Robin Frazier, arguably the best coach in the MLS this season, got every substitution wrong in the second half. Card or flop? Is card the correct answer or is is that a flop saying... You flop, you're calling BS card. You're saying okay. that's a legit, that's a legit foul. Mm-hmm. I, I think the card is, is, is noteworthy because of when they were made. Now, uh, the, the section 117 where you have the rowdiest fans, there was audibly 65 minutes in a chant for Barrios. Yeah. Um, you're yeah. talking about arguably the team's best player, the yes. team's leading scorer. Um, in a game that you know there there is no tomorrow, so um, the the fact that he only got in, uh, I believe, in the seventy second minute, somewhere with you know around twenty minutes to play, uh, feels like a, a very um, yes. I, I I think you you were assailed there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I guess I if, if, if I if I can disagree, Dre, I'll Please call it a do. foul. But it's not a. It doesn't warrant a, a card for oh, me great, personally. Great. You know, I just I've got the stats up right now. So I guess to provide a uh, for that, folks, so it was Eunice Nomley in the 66th minute, then a double sub on the 75th. Lewis in for Bassett, Barrios in for Baji, like right. for like in both of those cases for me. Right. And then the final sub came in the 82nd minute. Brian Galvan on for Mark Anthony K. I guess my bigger issue with this, Andre, was just that there wasn't a significant change in. Formation or just in what the Rapids were doing. It was yeah, still yeah. get the ball into Acosta, get the ball into Rosenberry, cross the ball and everything. There wasn't, you know, I can count maybe three times in those 15 minutes plus stoppage time that Barrios had where, you know, he was actually, you know, started centrally, made a run out wide, and then somebody tried to get him the ball and right. everything. I mean, Jared, we've seen in 10-minute instances where Barrios does that five, six times, and it works 50% of the time as well. So, right. um, you know, I... I don't have an issue with any of the individual substitutions. I would have done them maybe just a little bit earlier. I can understand where Frazier's probably thinking, ah, it's still a close game. Maybe it goes to extra time. If I wait five extra minutes, then that's five more minutes that the Timbers on short rest at altitude are tired for, you know, 115th right. minute for a Barrios right. who's five, 10 minutes fresher and everything. But just the make the subs, make the subs when you make the subs fine. Bring off the players who you bring off, add the players who you add, but then to not change the actual. Um, style of play and everything you're simply just getting a round peg instead of a triangle peg to fit into a square hole which i think might be a symptom of depth as well we you know we've bemoaned this again all season long where the rapids have lacked a bit of offensive identity we've also lacked a surefire starting 11 where we don't i don't think anyone was ever confident in being able to say i know who the best 11 is on the field i don't think robin knew on the day so um yeah the the lack of of trying anything different um is, is a little bit unsurprising because we we pretty much kind of ran out the same way with different players uh, a number of different times, and it, it, it just didn't come together. I only say that because I thought midfield and attack lost a bit of their structure with the subs. I thought Rubio was basically inexistent on the ball, but off the ball was very helpful playing mm-hmm. off Baji, um, and losing him lost kind of the structure. And yeah, I, I thought the midfield kind of came apart and really opened up their ability to have more possession. So yeah, and I think a lot of that, a lot of that goes into Andre too. I think the fact that the Timbers, as well, perfect lead in here, as the Rapids made, as Portland had to make a transition in the 52nd minute, and the Rapids didn't actually adjust until the 75th. Which leads us to, yeah, losing Blanco was actually a blessing for the Timbers. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get my second take in. Am I crazy? 
flopper or card you start us off man. um i think it's a card um i think the you know as i said it's it's a little more nuanced where is yes. it simplified the game plan <laughs> yeah. and everything and it also made where there was really only one way in which the timbers were actually going to score but i think as soon as they yeah. knew that blanco was right. out it's like the okay we've been here before like as soon as that went into that like the timbers were almost protecting a lead to go to 90 minutes and then reevaluate and everything but then they knew we're just going to focus on defense right now and then the only time we're focusing on offense is when we have a set piece. So yes, for me, it's a card. Love I'm gonna disagree. That. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yes, you know, we're gonna, we're yes. gonna disagree on on all these. Yeah. No, I'm gonna call it a flop because given the same situation without the result, uh, without knowing the result. If you give me take their best player off the 52nd minute and they have that much less of, of goal threat on the field, I, I think I take it and play on. So, um, you know, I, I think that in in uh, hindsight, yes, it, it kind of collected them. They played a more defensive style. Um, they were able to take their chance in the end. Uh, but I don't think losing your best player at that stage in a <laughs> yeah. game is ever necessarily a surefire good thing for your team. It's a very counterintuitive take. I, I give you that. Um you do wonder, should they have taken more risk when Spanko went out? Should they have gotten more aggressive? Because it almost seemed like they took their step off the gas, did the opposite. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think as soon as the, you know, uh, let's confirm. So um, so Blanco comes out in the 52nd minute, and then they make another sub in the 66. Like, the Rapids didn't adjust to what Portland was doing yeah. until they brought on right. Barrios and um, and Galvan. And as, you know, Jared and I can both attest to, this team's fluidity and their flexibility, they could have made that adjustment without making any substitutions. Yes. They could yes. have made it with the substitutions as well. But you could argue the Rapids didn't actually adjust what they were doing until Portland scored. And I think that just that further um, just... It, Frazier set the team up well to begin with, and I think the the fact that they didn't score and they didn't have a plan and they didn't adjust, I would argue that Giovanni Savarese in the final 30 minutes was able to outcoach Robin Frazier. Yeah, yeah. Um, well put. I think the evidence speaks for itself. Um, how about this take? I, I don't, I don't believe this. Um, <laughs> the loss proves the Rapids were lucky to get the number one seed. Are you committing simulation here, I'm Andre? Based on there, <laughs> I am. I am committing simulation. Uh, very much. Yeah. So, so yes. I'll. Okay. So I guess I'll call you on that. I say it's I'm, a flop. I, I still think I'm rolling on the ground and like smiling as I cover my face. Okay. Right yeah. Um. You'll 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 be receiving a uh, a notice from the MLS disciplinary <laughs> committee after yes, this match. Do. Then. Find um, me. Let's go. So uh. So I I think it's a flop. I think this team showed what they were capable of. You know, as I said previously, just the the way that they set up was good. How they adjusted was poor, but the only reason this game ends up the way that it does is because they played the exact opponent that was set up yeah. to deal with the circumstances yeah. as they had. Yeah. Um, I think if RSL or Vancouver is in this situation, I don't think that happens. They're not as quality enough. The Rapids find a way to score. They find a way to get a clean sheet. If they play against Sporting Kansas City or Seattle because of the way the opponent sets up, would have only made it better once Galvan, easier once Galvan or Barrio subs in and everything. Right. They played, Styles make fights, and they played the one guy who could actually take advantage of their weaknesses when they were only operating at 85 percent 
Here we agree. I think this is a dire flop. Um, the Rapids absolutely, we deserve the number one seed yeah. because and, and any amount of luck, it, it comes down to the same amount of luck that every team has in any <laughs> given season. And exactly when right. you decide a, a Western Conference seeding by a matter of, what, two points between the top three teams, right. um, certainly we had some fortune go our way. I would say things that were lucky about this season. There weren't very many opportunities for us to complain about officiating where it dropped points. We didn't have very many injuries, barring Nomley, who we learned to live without very early in the season, not having a DP doesn't make the season any right. easier. For, for the but, greater casuals, the one DP on the roster, which kind of a big deal. Kind, yeah. kind of a big deal. Uh, but at the same time, barring that long-term injury, we stayed majority healthy. So yeah. um, in that matter, I think that we were a bit lucky um, as far as breaks going our way that sometimes don't. But I absolutely think we deserve that number one seed. So I'll say, uh, get up, son. You're, you yeah. you got to play on. <laughs> yeah. And right. so, I mean, by, by this logic, then, should we not take the supporter shield away from the New England Revolution and give it to NYCFC? Well, by this logic, right. you know, by this logic, RSL is right. a great juggernaut yep. and Portland are pretenders as well. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think where, where I think there's exactly. some nuance here, Andre, that I think is unfortunate is that, you know, Jared, we've seen this just the... The, the national media who looks at the Rapids, look at, looks at the budget, doesn't see a de facto game winner and everything, sees that Nomaly missed four months and, and says, you know, by definition, therefore, the Rapids are a paper tiger. And fairly or unfairly, this result will galvanize or validate that cognitive dissonance from those people where it's, yes. see, they couldn't even beat the Portland Timbers at home. They couldn't even score right. a goal. They're once again one and done in the playoffs. Therefore, the Rapids shouldn't be taken seriously. You know, in spite of all the other evidence that we have that, it's simply validating the notion they have about this team because of the way ownership is set up the way that they spend rather than the right. actual results as opposed to seeing the nuance of no there's something to what Brentford is doing in the Premier League right now there's nuance and value in what the A's have done and obviously I think the big disappointment for us is the Rapids are this great experiment of you know we don't have a Chad Marshall theorem we don't have a Hani Mukhtar an MVP can you right. still be a consistent right. playoff team and can you win MLS Cup with that this is simply one data point that proves that there's complications to that. But there's a bunch of people who've only been watching at surface level, didn't, be, never believed going into decision day the Rapids were going to win Western Conference. Still said, yeah, but are they going to do it in the playoffs? Right. And then are going right. to say, yeah, I'm right. In hundred percent. I think it reinforces the narrative and and correctly so ultimately because we, we do see ourselves as the underdog and by seeing ourselves as that small market underdog, you have to embrace that role. You're not going to be given right. respect without taking it by going out again early in the first round. Um, you know, like Leicester, if they would have finished second uh, in their championship season, they would they would never have been remembered as the fantastic team yeah. they were. Right. Um, this year, for me, the Rapids earn no hero points. There's no, you know, nobody's statue uh -huh. is any closer to being built because we had a tremendous regular season so um, ultimately it does come down to proving the haters wrong by winning the big matches and in that, this was a massive opportunity that ultimately or it was a, you know it was a fantastic it was a fantastic opportunity that was ultimately squandered in many ways 100% and that the point you guys both made I think every other game of the MLS playoffs proves right like yep it's it's one one game. It's one game in the beautiful game where, you know, you can dominate a game like the Rapids did for long stretches and not come out as a winner, come out goalless. Um, yeah. I, yes. Uh, so there you go. Let's close this out. Card or flop. The Rapids should be even better next year. Again, DP out most of the year. Young team. 
you know, built long term. All the evidence for uh, for a casual a little say reference should be for the, easy. Yes, a little reference for the the folks that follow, uh, especially Waters. We're gonna stir the pot a there little bit go. because yeah, I have yeah, a feeling we may have a DP play a few more minutes next year. Mm. I, I don't necessarily know who that DP may be, um, but certainly given the uh, budgetary rules of MLS, one would imagine that we could use a little bit of the cash allotted to uh, reinforce and, and to bring in a, a, dis- a difference-making player who can decide points for us. Um, I will go ahead and say yes, absolutely, we should and will be better in 22 than 21. And that's a huge jump because this was such a fantastic season. Yeah. Um, I guess they, uh, I view this, Andre, from the perspective of is the team going to, you know, are they going to be, are they going to compete to be at the top of the Western Conference? I'm mm-hmm. going to say no. I'm going to say flop. Or I guess the, I'm putting my ear to the, I'm putting my finger to my ear asking for some help from VAR yeah. in this situation. <laughs> good, good. Um, I think Love there's that. a good question who the Rapids sell to Europe. In January, there's been a lot of talk about Cole Bassett. I've yes. been more on the, I think the more likely one to move there is Austin Trusty. Jared brought up, you know, does the loss of one of those young players and then that transfer fee going into funding a DP is a good right. question as well. Right. But we know Seattle's not going to step back. They had a lot of injuries. They're going to be better this year. Um, the LA Galaxy aren't going to sit pat. You know, that being said, if you told me right now the Rapids are the fourth, finished fourth in the Western Conference and have a home playoff seed, I'd absolutely take it. Right. The, I guess the where you have a point is the Rapids are continuing to move towards a sustainable model where as long as Pork Smith is cooking in the kitchen and then Robin Frazier's there as well, That's this right. team is going to move in terms of direction of being sustainable and consistently competitive. Mm-hmm. I do not know that the Rapids are going to win the Western Conference next year. And I think there's a number of variables to play in that. And in general, if you had me bet right now, like we said about MLS in general, I would not make that bet. Right. I mean, I, th- I I try to explain to some of my friends, it's at best structured like a college team where you have a two, three year window. But, you know, yeah. things are constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. We're, we're part of a much bigger player pool here. So yeah. things are going to be moving in and out in the global game like that. Um, but and I, I loved hearing both your answers because I think to some extent improving the highest point total in club history, no small feat. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, the bases are all there. The foundation is there to go only one direction but up. Um, all right. I I enjoyed that tremendously. Thank you for indulging me. That was uh, lots of fun. Let's get into, with the season sadly over, we're moving past that game into some of your favorite moments, key games, <clears throat> best goals of the season, maybe even give out an award. So, um, Matt, why don't you start us off? Your favorite moment of the year. Favorite moment of the year. I mean, it'd have to be decision day. I wouldn't even say the game itself, but I think I I mentioned this on the pod. I think I wrote about this in my article. I probably mentioned this, you know, when we did the preview pod show and everything of just the, I viscerally, I remember like, this is my moment that just in my brain, like hang it in the Louvre of, I guess in gift form mainly, uh, of, of the Rapids players huddling around. There was an assistant coach. I think it was Chris Little. I'm not sure. Looking at a monitor, looking at his phone and everything refreshing to see when (laughs) Seattle and Vancouver would go full-time and everything and then you see Trusty turn around and he fist pumps Jonathan Lewis jumps in the air throws a water ball in the air and there was kind of an emotional like I don't know how you felt Jared in 117 of like there was like a ripple out of like everybody just immediately knew like there's a good disturbance in the forest I think the Rapids just (laughs) won the Western Conference and then at that point it was a party and everything so Uh that moment emotionally for me even if maybe I'm 
being hyperbolic or maybe just imagining it in my head and everything was that's what emotionally I will remember as the best a high of the seer. I mean, how can you beat that? You took a pretty good one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, that tremendous Thanksgiving Day win would have been a, a great way to top it off. But uh, for me, one of my favorite moments this season was uh, the early season game uh, where we went down 2-0 against Minnesota, battled back with three goals in the second half. Um, something about that game, something about the, the energy in 117 and amongst the, the team itself uh, made me think something something might be different this year. Uh, we, we may have a little bit of bottle and a little bit of resolve that that we haven't seen in in, a, in the years past. So yeah. um, that was an early tipping point. Yeah, um, certainly that. not quite as I mean that was a, a more reserved high than the complete euphoria of decision day. Yeah. Um, but for me, that was where I realized you know we we've got a good team on our hands. Love that. What about uh, best goal? You want to go first, Jared? All my moments are against Minnesota, actually. <laughs> so I, I've got uh, I mean, the, there's a, a goal from Brian Galvan who uh, cut in from the right hand side onto his left foot, bent it uh, around some defenders from Minnesota off the post, um, and I, I realized that Brian Galvan was was going to be that kind of guy. He uh, can be a take on guy, can be a, an attacking yeah, presence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that goal, um, and I feel like all the other goals when I look back. I mean, how often can you say Jack Price to Danny Wilson? <laughs> In right, the box right, on the right, corner. Right. So right. Um, that, that Galvan goal was my favorite. Um, I'd have to go, I guess, ironically now, the second goal of the rep is scored in their 2-2 draw at Portland Timbers up a man where Barrios kind of similarly, yeah. goes, but as opposed to cutting inside, cuts just to the touchline. And they're just kind of, I guess maybe where Jared's is a little bit better is I'm pretty sure Galvan put, you know, Galvan hits that ball. And as soon as he leaves his foot, he's like, this is in the back of the net. Yeah. I'm already planning my celebration. Yeah. Barrios chips it in the box, just like, I hope somebody's there at the back post. <laughs> and it ends up going off the crossbar, <laughs> off the far side post, and then into the net and everything. Dude. And ironically, Dude. he might have been the last person to realize that it was over the line. Yeah. So I picked it because just emotionally I watched that, and I'm still I, – I watched it in real time. I've watched the replay of it at least 12 times. I still don't know how it happened. My brain can still not comprehend that Barrios struck the ball from where he did on the field yep. and it ended up in the back of the net. Maybe a little bit disvalued because it was unintentional, perhaps. Yeah, for sure. Perhaps. I, I've maybe seen like three goals like that in 25 years of watching soccer. Um, that, that would be my pick as well. Um, who's your MVP for the season? Jack Price. Uh, yeah, Jack huh. Price was kind of the heartbeat all season long, yeah. um, kind of the metronome in the middle. Uh, certainly uh, a case to be made for other players, uh, the guy between the sticks and and the leading goal scorer as well. But for me, um, Captain Jack. And uh, I, I feel like uh, we may see a, an extension to his stay in, in Colorado if all goes well. I think the only other one that you could possibly have an argument would be Michael Barrios because he's a new player. Everything that he did to revolutionize what no. this team did on the no. counterattack and everything. Eight goals, six assists, if I'm remembering that stat right, Jared. But I'd have to go with Captain Jack as well. He's the emotional leader of this team. This team, I think, first and foremost is Robin Frazier's uh, personality and aura yes, on the field. And yes. I think second most, Jack Price, he's the coach on the field. Everything that he's done from a leadership standpoint, what he does on set pieces is a oh, two-way you know, he yeah. is the he's the foundation. He is the load bearing pillar of this team and everything. So I'd have to go for him. I could hear people on Twitter or in the chat right now say Barrios, and I think there's an argument to be made there. Yeah, um 
I mean, on your podcast, Porg Smith saying the same thing. Like Jack Price won what, like six in a row of, of the team, exactly. of the in-house four. MVPs. Four. Yeah, four. Thank you. I hey, think the I'm, only other I'm name to be mentioned today, Matt. Um, the only other name to be mentioned <laughs> there, I think it would be he'd be hard done by not to mention is the clean sheet leader in MLS, well, William Yarbrough. I was going to say yep. a revelation uh, between the posts, uh, a fantastic player that I don't think got uh, really any positive press when he came in it's like who is this guy he seemed like uh, a, a castaway from from mexico and we we don't know much about him turned out to be uh one of the signings of the season yes Absolute but field. but jared i do have to point out that the mls media didn't have him as a finalist for goalkeeper of the year <laughs> and therefore your argument is invalid because mls ignores the colorado rapids clearly undeserving <laughs> and you could go you know keeper best defender we've talked a lot about trusty um and, and Barrios certainly as the representative of the attack. But yeah, I think Jack Price is just a little. I, I do think there's some real validity to the Yarbrough candidacy, though, yes. for MVP. Yes, um, we have in, in all of our conversations and certainly in the C38 South tail, la, la, South lot and everything, we've sung those praises yes. of all three of those players. Right. They're all they're they all deserve to go into the offseason very proud for what they've accomplished <sighs> and with Man, high and deserved expectations for 2022. Absolutely. All right, guys, before we finish up the show, I got to tell you guys about the one and only Sexy Pizza. We have Sexy Pizza at every Broncos tailgate we host this year, and it is so freaking good. You could go in and order a 12, 16, or 18-inch crust um, at one of their four locations in Denver, Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill with a new location in Trinidad, Colorado coming soon. Uh, They have a variety of different things. They have wings, salads, pasta knots, dessert options, gluten-free, vegan. Uh, They have it all, so definitely check it out. They're as local as it gets. They've been in the community for 13 years now, and right now, you can go in and buy a pizza and buy one of their philanthropy pies. A portion of every sale from these five specialty pizzas is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. Like I said, as local as it gets, so they want to give back to the community. Highly recommend checking out Sexy pizza you can also have them at the dmvr tailgate that we'll be having at mile high against uh, the lions in a few weeks it's so so good go check it out go to one of their locations or have it at the dmvr tailgate let's get into what's next coming uh down the line really just concaf champions league as a the you know the mls season isn't even over and uh you know domestic cups and what have you will be figured out scheduling down the line but we do know they'll at least be in uh in the champions league and uh what that schedule looks like though yeah so i think first and foremost andre i think for you know a lot of people who are watching this and are new to the rapids is the mls off season is probably the most complicated of the domestic sports that we have here in the u.s we've yet to get the news on what the rapids are doing in terms of team options for 2022 we did get some news today michael barrios who we just mentioned got a contract extension and there's a team option as well for 2023 i sense that there might be a few more conversations in there jared mentioned uh jack Price, you know, maybe an Austin trustee, Kellen Acosta getting a new deal, I think certainly um, could be possible as well. But so I think there's some moves to make to lock up their core. Um, yeah, Bork Smith right. is definitely in the kitchen right now, and there's confidence from that front. And then I think the next big thing we're waiting for is that December 13th, the Monday after MLS Cup, mm-hmm. in which we'll get the half-day training window. I don't anticipate the club being too busy in that. Um, and then after that, obviously, there's the expansion draft where there's a chance that they could lose a player there. Um, but 
then obviously December 15th, I think it is when we get the draw, um, the Rapids are in pot one and they'll be playing a team from pot two. And then we'll know um, where Jared and I are going for our away day in mid-February as well, hopefully somewhere warm. So looking forward to that, obviously. Robin Frazier has a lot of experience in CCL from his time in Toronto and everything. It's going to be an interesting test of depth. We've also seen this competition kind of swallow up teams with yeah. injuries. So yeah. something that I'm, I don't know about you, Jared, I'm kind of leery of just the, can we get to March one and have, you know, not a bunch of injuries that potentially undoes the start of the year. Amen. And, you know, we've got one warm away day booked already on, on February 26th. Um, I'll still be eating turkey sandwiches from, from last <laughs> week by the time Beautiful. the Rapids play another league game because yeah. uh, it's February 26th is, is the first game on the road. Um, a couple of things to look forward to in the offseason for me, um, you know, I would love to see that Robin Fraser contract news break. And, and I, I have a feeling that um, this is a guy who very well deservingly is probably going to be amongst the highest paid coaches in the league. Um, and hopefully we lock him up for a good long time. Uh, one player that we talked about just briefly today that I would be surprised to see back next year is Eunice Namley, um, our DP who, um, you know, we did, I, he played very well, I would say in the time that we got to see him. Unfortunately, his time got pretty cut limited. all too short yeah. due to injury. So yeah. bad break and uh, wish him the best um, contractually because he's on pretty big money now and I think he'll he'll struggle to find um, that level of contract but um, unless it's a significant a significantly reduced deal I have a hard time seeing him back in Commerce City mm-hmm. Jared that opening game at LAFC is Cole Bassett's to remember the Colorado Rapids for you not not bad that was that was the question oh are you thinking <laughs> Uh, what was the question again there? Sorry. So uh, the first game against LAFC, is Cole Bassett still a member of the Rapids or oh. does he leave in January? It's a great question. Um, I, I really think that um, he had a great opportunity with Benfica. And yeah. so um, hard, hard to say what where his um, loyalties lie. He'll always be a Rapid, of course. But I think he may still see some upside in continuing to be a staple in this team. He certainly brings something to the attack that we don't necessarily have coming from other central midfielders as far as that uh, drive into the box, uh, take on ability. Um, I would love to see him in Burgundy on, in in, uh, in February and beyond, but uh, he certainly has the potential to go to Europe as well. Yeah, I think the thing for him is probably what's the right fit and everything. I don't right. think, you know, we, we talked about this with Sam Vines leaving and everything. It was about, did there, you know, does the club get the right transfer fee and everything? They ultimately did with the $2 million and then the 50% sell-on. Is it the right setup? There was an opening at left back. It was a soft landing spot for Sam Vines. I don't know that with the timing and everything, Benfica in August would have been a soft landing spot for Cole Bassett. Right. I think that's the question. The other big one for me is Austin Trusty. Yes. I think he's more of a finished product than yes. you're in getting Cole Bassett from a European club. You're maybe still buying into potential. I think for where Austin Trusty is in his career and his age, he's more of a finished product. At that point, I think it comes down to money. I think somebody picks up the phone and calls Porrick Smith and say, hey, here's $6 million. the same deal that Mark McKenzie moved. I think at that point, it's a matter of, you know, hey, Austin, here's the club and everything, unless this is a really bad fit for you, you're moving on. And I would gladly... It would be sad for me to see him go, Jared, because of how good he was this year and how much it was a vindication of him given how 2020 didn't work out for Austin Trusty. But if you're telling me, you know, we could promote a court four to get another center back and everything yeah. and then take yeah. $6 million and roll that straight into a transfer fee for somebody who's not Eunice Nomley as a DP, that's a trade that I'd be willing to make. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think Trusty and Bassett are the two that we have to keep an eye on. I yeah. think uh, every morning I'll, I'll wake up and look at Twitter with just that little bit of fear. Like, is today the day that, that we find out one of them is gone? And that will set in, in full force in January when the European yeah. window opens. Yep. Silly season is upon us. If you had to guess, Cole still on the Rapids? Yes. Yeah. I say, um, I, I think it's. I think if he does move, I don't think it'll be in January. I think if he well. starts and plays well, then I think there's an opportunity for him to move in the summer. I think one thing that we haven't talked about, Andre, that I think is really interesting is there's going to be a World Cup next year. And yeah, for the first time no ever, kidding. it's going to be a World Cup at the end of an Winter. MLS season. So does Cole Bassett play really, really well at the end of that season and then have the primary transfer window for MLS and then obviously Lee's coming back in in Europe almost having almost having its it's almost a clausura and an apertura for a lot of the European clubs and everything think you know the rapid season will be done in November maybe they move right. the transfer window up to right. right to the end of the World Cup do they make a move for somebody and so in that I think next year next year is a pivotal point for Cole Bassett if he achieves his potential then I think many doors will open up for him in Europe at some point if not then I think it could be more about you know what's a good fit am I comfortable right. rather than the immediate financial opportunities whereas I think um, whereas I think next year is going to be the year for Kellen Acosta. Mm, interesting. What I love about how you framed the whole dilemma for Cole and some of the factors you were mentioning, Jarrett, is, well, the January transfer window is always a shit show. Mm-hmm. That, you, there's no automatic fits there. You're taking mm-hmm. massive risks. And then Cole, let's face it, he doesn't have a defined role just yet. Tough to go to a top eight league in Europe while you're still trying to find your position and where you fit best. Um, So those would be some positive uh, attributes in the Rapids defense. What area would you like to see them address more in the transfer market this off season and um, a dream signing? If you have one, let's start with you, Jared. Yeah, uh, so I, we, we've all opined uh, many years about the, the magical number nine that will fix everything. Um, for me, uh, I, I think that Barrios plays extremely well on the right. Uh, he takes players on extremely well. To quote Herbert Chapman, uh, this is an, an old Arsenal reference. He said he, he coached his wingers very simply, go to the front post and pass. Um, <laughs> if you do that from both sides well, you're going to win most of your games. The problem that we had is we had a dire lack of production from the left side of our uh, attacking midfield, a a place that I think we thought would be a strength going into the season. So um, I I would love to see us uh, sign a complimentary winger for Barrios. Um, Dream signing for me, though, if we're going to go into dream territory, um, I will go number nine, a European player that I think would bring the grit, the size, the uh, goal-scoring ability that the Rapids have lacked, uh, Marco Arnautovic. The Austrian striker at Bologna right now. Very intriguing. He's a bad man. (laughs) I I wonder, (laughs) a little shaky in that locker room, but very intriguing. Yeah. um, You know, I think the, I I think the question for me, Andre, is, you know, I think if we looked back, um, I think somewhere in, the back of Robin Frazier's head this time last year was, we've got three really good center backs. We should move to a back three. How do we do that while still maintaining our principles mm-hmm. and everything? And I think the I think the ethereal setup of the you know limit as Robin Frazier with the Rapids goes to infinity of here's our style of play, here's our set thing, and then me and Jared maybe actually knowing who the best 11 is would be in a 3-4-2-1. And then kind of more of that interior, not actual central like number 10 and everything, but one of the more fluid can go out a little bit wide 
wide, fill that yes. role that Jared was kind of talking about, yes. but somebody who can also be a little bit central for that. So if, if you told me right now, I'm only getting the, obviously I think the two obvious, let's sign two DPs, a number 10 and a number nine. Mm -hmm. And if you're telling me I can't have the number nine, if I was going to pick a number 10, it was going to have to be somebody in that mold. So kind of maybe what Gio Reyna has been uh, increasingly yeah. at Dortmund. I'm, it will not be Gio Reyna, folks. It he will be not Gio What? No, come on. I, I, we, I we didn't Gio mention now. the 50 million pound uh, transfer kitty that we've ah. given over to Portland. Yes. This You're saying we're not getting that for Austin Trusty? Damn it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think, uh, so I, I think that would be the, that would be the mold of player who I want as well. Uh, one person who we talked about before we hit the record yeah, button, yes, if yes, there's yes. somebody with an MLS to continue the Rapids being revenged of the distressed assets uh, FC would be Robert Barrick, who is a striker from Chicago Fire. The Fire completely overhauling and chosen not to pick up his team option. Mm -hmm. um, there's a thing called the reentry draft, folks, where players who have team options for the next season because MLS single entity are eligible to be picked up by other teams within MLS. So the Rapids could pick that up. No transfer fee at all associated with that. They'd already know the contract details uh, and then potentially be a secondary DP and then not spend a transfer fee and bring in somebody else that would be an option for somebody with a proven pedigree of scoring goals and everything and I'd be willing to bet money right now Robert Barrick would score more goals than any current Rapids player would on the Rapids next year and would be a nice little target for Michael Barrios at that and if we're talking about the get to the front post and pass and everything I'd rather have him passing to Robert Barrick than Diego Rubio and adding to the feasibility is be cheap a hundred percent right and a guy who was uh not so cheap not too long ago mm -hmm. so you know uh, another discount nothing nothing sounds more porig smith <laughs> island of misfit toys than what you just described mm -hmm. beautiful well um i instantly want to revert to my roots and turn this into a transfer pod for the next hour we are not doing that um we Truly, in, in Italy, we talk more about the transfer window than any soccer that's actually played. It's just that much fun. Let's get into some bets. We have we have some more playoffs ahead. Um, and I know you, Matt, see some real value in this uh, Timbers RSL um, semi here. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it, it pains me as much to say this out loud, Jerry, but I think the obvious bet there is to go with RSL. You're going to have Portland as a home team. There's going to be major injuries, and just the with the nature of the line, and then also maybe people who are interested in sports betting, but not as well known about, uh, don't know as much about MLS, will see, oh, Portland's the home team. They're the higher seed. They're the better regular season team. That right. inflates it, which right. also means more juice for the lower seeded team and everything. Also, Pablo Mastrani and RSL are absolutely playing with house oh, money. They yeah. have massively yeah. as soon as as soon as they didn't get destroyed by Seattle, they were immediately playing with house money. They're gonna go in and be absolutely fearless. Oh. This is gonna be ninety minutes of S Housery. Um, and Dre Jared, I'm absolutely dreading watching it regardless of what bet I place on this game. Oh, it's going to be painful. Yeah, it seems like the type of game that could very easily go 120 minutes scoreless, which we've seen RSL uh, do yeah. already in the playoffs. Um, it, again, pains me to say that RSL <laughs> is going to win this match because they face the Timbers so heavily depleted. Um, heavy fixture schedule. Noah Spria because of the idiot yes, red card right, at the right. end of the Rapids match. Um, more than likely no Blanco because the injury did look yeah. to be uh, it looked to be pretty serious for yes. him to go out at that stage. So, um, you know, Portland is is going to be lacking some of their guns. I hate to say this, but as a gambler, uh, you always have to bet with your head, not your heart. RSL to advance. 
RSL to advance, you're getting really nice value. I guess the I guess the one benefit that we have there, Jared, is there's two scenarios. Either you and I win a lot of money, or RSL RSL doesn't win this cup. Win win. win. That's a win win. (laughs) It's called an emotional hedge right there. (laughs) And out east, we have the Union taking on NYCFC. That was a crazy game. NYCFC taking on the Revs. Glad I didn't bet on. Well, I did, but glad I didn't double down on the refs a couple different times, though that was my instinct. Um, because there you go. Not all two, all both te- top seeds out. One game done. That's how it is. Yeah. No, I think the um, you know it's it's a tough one. I think the obviously I think the more juice is going to be on NYCFC as the away team. Obviously they're going to be shorthanded because of some injuries to the back line, and then obviously Tati Castellanos' red card that has him suspended. So right. Portland or excuse me. Philadelphia, I'm mixing up my P teams, um, you know, is the obvious selection to go there. But I'd be more interested in the prop bets and everything. We haven't mm. seen Casper Shabilko score in this playoffs. And so if you're looking at um, some injuries on the back line, uh, heavy legs for an Alexander Callens and a Maxine Cheneau, Casper, the friendly striker. If I had to pick any bet right now, I would say I'd say Shabilko score any time would be mine. Love that. Yeah, I like it as well. This Philadelphia team, um, I, I think they didn't quite live up to expectations after a high flying season last year, but they they've kind of grown into themselves. Um, you know, I and I will always root against NYCFC uh, yep. because of the plastic nature of the city football group. So, um, I, brotherly love to Philly, please. You are our only hope. Don't let Salt Lake win this thing. You, the goalie matchup you're going with on both sides and i love that philly rsl it's a better goalie that's what that's what matters in this sport um i i, I side with both of you you hear any picks to give out just a lot of sadness, <laughs> a lot of sadness. <laughs> not on a day like this when i get to hang out with these two this has been stellar um thank you all i see you very active in the chat love to see that uh yeah thank you all for tuning in we will be continuing this Rapids ride on DNVR. We'll take a break here for the offseason. We'll tune in on some big moments, and uh, we hope to have the now familiar faces back again very soon. So thank you, fellas. It's been a true pleasure, and uh, thank you all for listening. Thank we you, We will Jay. be back soon. Yeah. yeah.